defiance in the eyes, like his father. Leave us. You must have everything that I had another dozen. You dismissed my mother in her own house. Come here. stands behind that door. No one will get past her. Why are you doing this? An animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape. What will you do? Well, intense, isn't it? Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Seussville podcast. Um, that, of course, is Dune. Now, I know many of you are going to say, Well, there was a Dune a long time ago directed by David Lynch. 
Yes, I am aware of that. And eventually, I'll get around to watching it. Just as there is a remake, well, I wouldn't really call it a remake, but a retelling of West Side Story 60 years later. In fact, I watched both of these films recently. West Side Story, my goodness, intense. It also helps that you have one of its original stars, Rita Moreno, in the film. I was hoping they would also have, like, George Chikiris, but no. But first and foremost, we're going to talk about Dune. I must say that I had heard things about Dune, and yes, it, you know, it was a re- it's uh, based off of the novel by Frank Herbert. There is the 1984 David Lynch film. Which was a commercial failure, but is a cult classic. This is directed by Dennis Villeneuve. It is nominated for 10, is it, well, 10 Academy Awards. I have started watching the Best Picture nominees. Also, some of the acting nominees as well. Because, you know, sometimes, like, with being the Ricardos, it didn't get a Best Picture nomination. It should have, but it didn't. Now, Dune. <laughs> let me let me talk about Dune. That's a clip from Dune that, I, Dune that I played at the beginning. And in that scene, you've got Tim- Timothy Chalamet, who was in Call Me By Your Name and Little Women and Lady Bird and Charlotte Ramp. Rampling. Charlotte Rampling, if you don't remember, was in The Verdict with Paul Newman. She was also in a film uh, that got her a nomination a couple years ago. My goodness, what what can I say about Dune? Really great cast. Upon watching it, it gave me Lawrence of Arabia vibes. The score, the production, but also the fact that it's in the desert. Because interesting things happen in the desert. This is probably going to be a trilogy. It is intense. It is and and here we are talking about the Academy Awards. This is this is this is a production. This is a film that really should win Best Picture. I have yet to watch Power of the Dog. I've had people tell me interesting and horrible things about Power of the Dog. But I will say that no matter what other films I watch, I think Dune, Dune has a vibe that is that rises above the fray. In the far future, Duke Led- Leto of House of At- Atreides, ruler of the ocean planet Kaladin, is assigned by the Hadadashan Emperor to replace House Harkwon, a flyer rulers of Arcanus, and a harsh desert planet of, which has spice. Leo O, his concubine, Lady Jessica, is the acolyte of the Bene G- uh, Gesserit, an exclusive sisterhood whose members possess advanced physical and mental abilities. As part of their centuries-long breeding program, the Bene Gesserit instruct Jessica to bear a daughter whose son would become a male 
Vinny Gisiet called the I can't pronounce it a messianic super being with the clairvoyance necessary to guide humanity to a better future. Instead, she bores a son. Paul. Brad his life, Paul is trained by Leto's aides, Duncan, Idaho, Gurney, Halleck, Suk, Dr. Wellington, UO, and Mental Truck. While Jessica trains Paul in the Bene Gesset disciplines, Paul confides in Jessica and Duncan that he is troubled by the visions of the future. In response, the Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Mahum visits uh, Kaladin and subjects Paul to a deadly test to assess his impulse control, which he passes. That's the clip I played for you. Mohan instructs uh, House Patriarch Baron Vladimir Harkonnen to spare Paul and Jessica during his coup, to which he duplicitly agrees. This is... You want to talk about a cast? Timothy Chalamet as Paul Atreides. Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Jessica. Oscar Isaac, I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan, as Duke Leto Atreides, Josh Brolin as Gurney Halleck, Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Hoklin, Dave Batista as Glossu Raban, as, oh, I, I, I've always liked Batista, and yes, he was in uh, The Avengers, um, here we go, Glossu Rabin. Stephen McKinley Henderson is the Thorf Hot uh, Zendaya. Oh, we know about Zendaya now, don't we? If you've seen Euphoria as Chani. Oh my. Charlotte Rampling as I want to say her name right because oh, this is a dark character that she's playing in this film. The Reverend Mother. <laughs> A.S. Helen Mohiam. Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho. Javier Vardem. Javier Vardem's been busy. Come on. He's in he's in Being the Ricardos. And he's in um Dune. A Stilger. This is a really great cast. And then Jolie Emery cameos as a servant Baron Harkin, while Marianne Faithful, Jean Giplin, and Ellen Dubin voice the ancestral being Jesset, whose voices are heard by Paul in his visions. Neil Bell plays Sakatar Bashar, the leader. The film's editor, Joe Walker, provides a narration for Paul's film books. Interesting. This is an intense film. Very intense. Cinematography by Greg Fraser, uh, the Fra- Fraser. This is 156 minutes. It did very, very well. It was released back in October. Science fiction, epic, everything that you could want is in Dune. I had seen the trailer before. I hadn't seen the film now, and I, I want to tie this in. So the band Meshuga. My goodness, can we just talk about Meshuga? They did a video called the for the abysmal lie for their upcoming new album, and it kind of reminds me of Dune. Now that I've seen Dune, and it's just intense. 
in the desert. And then there are these sandworms, and they're not the Beetlejuice sandworms. These are sandworms that are as big as, well, an office building or two. Kind of similar to those things that were in the Mandalorian. Remember, he caught them and chopped them up. Kind of similar to that. Very big, likes to eat. Oh my god, this cast. This cast is just intense and the, the production design, the special effects, you name it. This is a futuristic world, apocalyptic, very dry, uh, has a little bit of a, a Victorian kind of a bleakness to it at the beginning when they live in the ocean planet. And then the and then the just travel the travel, it's very very science fiction, and it's Dune, yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about West Side Story because I just would. I, I was blown away by Dune. I was blown away. I don't know if I will be blown away by the power of the dog, although I've heard there's some blowing going on in that. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll watch it tomorrow. Um. This is such an intense film. And here, here is a great scene with Oscar Isaac and Javier Bardem. Stilgar, the leader of that siege, has come with me to meet you, sire. This siege, how is it hidden? It's underground. Arrakis is filled with caverns. How big was the place? It's like 10,000 people. And there are hundreds of sieges. Millions of Fremen. You were right. The Harkonnen estimate was 50,000 on the whole planet. The Fremen watched me search for them for days. I never saw them. Finally, they saw them warrior out to kill me. And I gotta tell you, I've never come so close to dying. There's no finer fighter in the Imperium. They fight like demons. Desert power. Duncan. Well done. Thank you, my lord. Sire. Knife, he won't surrender, sire. It's a Chris knife. It's sacred to his people. Let him pass. personal dignity of any man that respects mine. Grand, I'll give it and ask for nothing. Hmm? 
I ask for this. Do not seek our sieges. Do not trespass in our lands. The desert was ours long before you came. So come and keep your spies. But when you have it, go back to this side of the shield wall and leave the desert to the Fremen. You will address the Duke as my lord or sire. Journey, just, just a moment. The Emperor has given me Arrakis as my fief to rule and protect. I cannot promise not to travel into the desert if duty compels me. But your sieges will be yours forever. And you will never be hunted while I govern here. That's very honorable. I must go. That's all I have to say to you. Won't you stay? We would honor you. Honor requires that I be elsewhere. I don't like him. Our plan bears fruit. But it will take time. Yes. It will take time. And so that is meeting Stilgar. Stilgar. Played by Javier Bardem. And then I, I forgot to mention that Jason Momoa is also in that scene. Um, I'm not a big Jason Momoa fan, but that's just me. There are certain people. Trust me, I, I saw Anchor. Uh, Anchor. <laughs> Aquaman. I've had enough. <laughs> I'm sure Lisa Bonet has too. But anyway, enough about that bullshit. Um, Dune. What can I say? It was intense. It was supersonic. It was sci-fi meets epic meets something else. It's hard to really put into words Dune. And I look forward to the next film. And I mean, I'm sure there will be two more. Um, there are several novels in the mix. I think there are about five. But... And uh, briefly, I wanted to mention, so I have this list of other films that I'm going to watch before. I, I've got at least, what, is it two weeks? Yeah. Wait, let's, let's look at this. Wow. No, I've got a week. <laughs> I, and, it, and it can be done. It can be done. When, when I set out to do something, I do it. I'm not doing this half-assed. I'm not, oh, let me, let me speed through this scene. I hate when people do that. That's cheating. Okay? You can't go to the movie theater and, and speed through a scene. They'll, they'll get you. So, so far, I've watched Coda, Dune, and West Side Story 2021. Now I have King Richard to watch, Nightmare Alley, Drive My Car, Belfast, Power of the Dog, Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza. What an interesting time where I can stream these in the privacy of my home. I want to give a shout out to the State Theater in Modesto, California, because they sometimes play, I don't know if they're going to now, uh, the Oscar-nominated films throughout the weeks. If they do, I might go there. I might go there. I love going there. I haven't been there in, a, oh geez, it's been almost four years. And this Friday will be the four-year anniversary of this podcast, the Dr. Zeus podcast. That's when it was called that, and now it's the Dr. Zeus film podcast. And so I, I don't really have anything crazy planned, 
but we shall see. I'm going to break a few rules, maybe the fourth wall in the, in the whole process of that. When I talk about films and when I talk about music, and, and I talk about both, and television as well, to the chagrin of people who think, oh, he doesn't always talk about films. Well, it's my film podcast, and I can talk about whatever the fuck I want. I think, you know, people who want to talk about the same boring thing over and over and over, and, and I don't phone it in. There were a couple times where I'm like, oh my god, I'm phoning it in, and I don't want that. I want this to be fresh. And I know some people, how do you do this daily? I just do. Some people have said to me that it loses its value when you do it daily. Oh, really? Well, why don't you go and tell that to uh, Be Real and his and his group who do the Dr. Uh, uh, Green Thumb podcast daily. They do it daily, Monday through Friday, a two-hour show. And I don't feel they're stale. Hey, not everyone has to do it as many times as we do it. There, there are just certain... There are just certain avenues that we cross. And I never intended to do this daily. When I first started this four years ago, I mean, oh my God. I remember I was in bed. I was recording. There was something so freeing and so organic of just talking into a microphone. You know, I before I would just use the iPhone microphone and just broadcast my voice and I didn't add any funny tricks to it and then and then I bought one of those boxes and tried to do it and, and it was fun but then the bells and whistles and, you know yeah it's it's cute but I didn't I didn't want to be dependent on it you know what I mean and so when I do when I do the show I want it to just be me talking to the audience in the most naturalistic way and that's why I do it the way that I do it (laughs) it doesn't have to be perfect and perfection itself if if I I mean that uh, the Dune film is perfect it's perfect. I was, I was mystified with a capital M. And I was just take, I mean, I, I, I should have saw it in the theaters, to be honest with you. You know, there are certain things you, you see that's coming out and you think, oh, that's just another movie. Just another movie. That was intense. So well done. And the story, there's so much mystery and intrigue to do. And the look and the feel. And and those who live there, their eyes are tinted blue. And I absolutely love it. It's And then the dreams, the dreams. The dreams. It's also good to know that Marianne Faithful is in there doing one of the voices when he's having his visions. It's like, oh my god. I thought that voice sounded like the ballad of Lucy Jordan. 
And here we are. This is Oscar time. Now that song is in Thelma and Louise. I just want to say that right there. Which 30 years ago, 30 years, the, the Oscars 30 years ago. Whoa. Whoa. You had Terminator 2 winning for special effects. You had the Silence of the Lambs winning the Big Five. Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. You had both actresses from Thelma and Louise going home empty-handed, but they drove off that cliff, and what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And the late John, Jonathan Demme, who won Best Director, the film was, won Best Picture, that was 30 years ago in 19... 19- 92. Certain films that win the Oscar for Best Picture just don't hold up. They don't hold up. Other films that you you watch, I mean, and it's hard to say which ones hold up. Silence of the Lambs really does. You forget that that was 30 years ago. And the things that are being dealt with in the film, the crime, the mystery, the intrigue, Clary Starling having to go to Dr. Hannibal Lecter and ask for advice and and ask for his help. And there is a kindred kindredness upon the two. They become these kindred spirits. And then, of course, yes, they made a sequel. They made Hannibal. Jodie Foster didn't want to do it, and so Julianne Moore did it. And Anthony Hopkins reprised his role as Dr. Hannibal Lecter. <sighs> so whatever wins at the Oscars on March 27th for Best Picture, it better hold up. It better hold up. If we were to think of the films that didn't hold up, Pulp, uh, Forrest Gump holds up, but then you're kind of like, you watch it now, and then you watch Pulp Fiction, and you're like, Pulp Fiction still holds up. Where with Forrest Gump, you can see the special effects. Okay. Or even... Um, Shawshank Redemption, which was also nominated for Best Picture, it still holds up. So sometimes it's the films that don't win that hold up. I haven't watched Unforgiven in a long time, Clint Eastwood's Western epic. I assume it still holds up because people still talk about it. Braveheart. I don't know. Do you all think that still holds up? The English Patient, oh lord. You want to talk about a film that divided people. Some people loved it, some people hated it. Elaine from Seinfeld hated it, it's, or as she said, it sucked. Yeah. Fargo still holds up. In fact, they made a TV movie, a TV show out of it. They didn't make a TV show out of uh, The English Patient. So yeah, that's that's really the story, Morning Glory. Are the films that hold up Titanic? Do you think Titanic still holds up? I mean, people still want to see it. 
I've often said, and, and sometimes it's good to make light of situations. 1998, I remember we got the movie, the VHS. This is, of course, before. It didn't come out on DVD till I think, 1999. At the end of the century. And I remember our air conditioner was all fucked up. And no joke, I would put on Titanic to cool off. I'd look at them in that ice water. I'm like, those lucky fuckers. Look at them. Here I am sweating like a pig in Virginia in a, in a pig house. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In a sweat house. And, and they're all in the water frolicking about saying, come back, come back, come back. Yeah. You're either going to be offended by that or you're going to just laugh hysterically. Or as Whoopi would say, I, I think I've told this before, where the last time she hosted the I love Whoopi, when she hosted the Oscars in about 20 years ago. That was the year Holly Berry won and Denzel Washington won. Could it be a repeat? Well, Holly's not nominated, so. But Denzel is. Um where Whoopi's like, oh, look at this Oscar winner. Great big party. My God, is this Liza's wedding? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, come on, Julia. Laugh out loud, child. <laughs> yeah. Will Smith is nominated again. Last time he was nominated was for The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, maybe he should have won for that because... I love Fortis, Forrest Whitaker, but he won for playing idiot mean. Come on. Why? Before that, he was nominated for playing Muhammad Ali. And, well, Denzel kind of got in the way. Training day. That's what happens. King Kong ain't got shit on him. Um, in fact, that's what he says. <laughs> it's been an interesting Oscar season. And so I look forward to watching these Best Picture nominees in in the mix though i watched some of the acting performances as i said i watched being the ricardos both javier bardem and nicole kidman are nominated as is jk simmons for playing uh, william Fra frawley from i love lucy javier bardem is playing desi arnez and nicole kidman is playing lucille ball arnez if you're nasty because you know that was her real name Professionally, it was Ball, but it was Miss Arnaz. Uh -huh. And then Jessica Chastain for the uh, Through the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Can I just say, as someone who grew up in the 90s, and I had heard about that Praise the Lord Network stuff, PTL, and Tammy Faye, and Jim Baker. Oh, yeah. And even Saturday Night Live, The Church Lady. Tammy, we have a bit of goop on her face. Because <laughs> she knows she had those eyelashes. I remember we would have these late start days in high school. And before I would go to school, I would watch Jim J, Jim J and Tammy Faye Baker do their talk show. I remember watching that. I didn't really know who she was, though. I knew she had all this makeup. I knew she had been on the news. The documentary Through the Eyes of Tammy Faye was going to come out. In fact, that name, that's what the film is based on. So, and, and I want to also give a shout out to Jessica Chastain. 
She is from the Central Valley, as am I. She's from Sacramento, California. And, you know, best of luck at the Academy Awards. She's due. She's been nominated so many times. I mean, come on. As for Dune, if there ever was a dark horse to take Best Picture, it would either be Dune or Belfast. Because originally Belfast was the frontrunner from the beginning. And Power of the Hog, I mean the dog. Well, some people have said they hated it or, or as, you know, men on film, remember that in Living Color? Hated it! <laughs> oh God. I love them. Oh my God. Maybe that's how I should do this film podcast is, uh, Say hated it. Oh my god. Let's see. Then on film. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play a little clip of that. Oh god. <laughs> See what I mean? They even did a Saturday Night Live version of it with the late Chris Farley, um, which was. I'll, I'll play a little clip of it for you. <laughs> oh my god. If only they had reviewed Dune. Can you just imagine? Ooh, there was Jason Momoa. Hated it. Because <laughs> he's. They, you know, he's not in the entirety of the film. Here we go. Young actors working in film today. 
My body quivered when I saw all three of them on screen at one time. Did I say that? What the it's hell's happening? I'm, I'm Roger Ebert. It's okay. It's okay. Just let it go. Just go with it. I'm scared. This is so new. It's, it's okay. We're all scared at first. You just take a deep breath and then you just go. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Boys on the Side, starring Whoopi Goldberg, Drew Barrymore, and Mary Louise Parker. Hated it! <laughs> See what I told you? As for Dune, it was awesome. It was awesome. And also, it was it was different for me because I've seen "Call Me by Your Name." I even listened to the audiobook and the things that Tim- Timothy Charlemagne did to uh, um, what's his name? Uh, oh, jeez, that's sad. I forgot his name. <laughs> he's in trouble too. <laughs> he's he's got to mount a comeback. Um, what's his name? Army Hammer, yeah. I was almost gonna say Army Hammer, but Army Hammer. He's in the new uh, uh, Death on the Nile, so yeah, we'll see what happens. And then Timothy was also in Little Women and um, Lady Bird. He really likes writing, working with Greta Gerwig. But in Dune, he is the heir to the throne. And Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac in space, it's nothing new because he's done Star Wars and he did Hogwarts, you know, so there's a little bit of homoeroticism and Poe Dameron, I'll, I'll tell, I'll say that. I know some people don't think so, but come on. If you look at the way he looks at Finn, it's like, oh, 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 he, he, he doesn't just want that jacket back. He wants something in return. Yeah. See what I mean? Men on film rubs off. And it ru- it will rub off on you too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I want to give a shout out to Jason Almy of Shit Happens When You Party Naked. We were talking about Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh my god. Let me be honest, I don't think I've ever found Michael Douglas attractive. Even in Romancing the Stone, and and you know, and that and that's on Kathleen Turner. I love Kathleen Turner, but she talks like that. Yeah, um, uh, Joan Wilder, what a name. Um, and and I've seen Fatal Attraction, which I found very hilarious. She's not going to be ignored. And Basic Instinct. Um, so yeah, I've never I've never found uh, Michael Douglas attractive. He he played Liberace, and it's like, oh God, Matt Damon, you let him put his tongue down your throat. Come on, come on. So enjoy the film. I think he was watching Black Rain. Um, I told him to watch Dune. So I'm telling all of you, go watch Dune. If Power of the Dog really has fucked up your plans and become the shit show that you all say it is I, I haven't watched it yet so give me time give me time if I hated it I will talk about it if I didn't hate it who knows what's gonna happen cause then it's like a, a split juror room you know he's he's guilty no he's not guilty why 
because he told me so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I And usually in, in the past, I would be partial to Benedict Cumberbatch because I loved him as Sherlock. That is the quintessential Sherlock and Martin Freeman is the quintessential um, Dr. Watson. Okay. So as always, unpleasant dreams. May the dune be with you.